Accelerating Careers in Real Estate with Nick Carman. Brought to you by McDonald & Company. So this evening, I'm sat with Catherine Russell, Head of Build to Rent for John Lewis Partnership. Catherine was previously Head of Property for the retailer, managing the £1.5 billion estate. So she was already a leader and a recognisable figure in that retail market. But that's all been put on supercharge since John Lewis announced its plans to step into the hotly growing market of build to rent, led by Catherine in 2021, with plans to target delivery of 10,000 homes. So Catherine, thank you very, very much for joining me. Thank you. So to get us started, I always start the same way. Tell us how chapter one begins. So where does it begin? It starts in Harrow, which is where I grew up. And I'd say that property in some kind of description has always been at the heart of my family. So be that my mum's favourite hobby um, was to spend hours searching on Rightmove for a property that didn't exist. And so we'd spend weekends going round the depths of the countryside looking for a house or some land. Um, or it was my dad who was uh, a district valuer for the North West London in the valuation office. And I spent a number of summers doing work experience with him. So I think those two things were the things that I suppose surfaced my initial interest in property. And then I went on to do three kind of big stints of work experience. So the first one was at Pace, which was a local government agency, which I enjoyed. Then I went on and did a stint at a local estate agent. So I looked after their lettings team, which I really enjoyed. And that was before I went to university. And then I um, did some work in Manchester for a land buyer, which was fabulous. They gave me a massive jag to roll around in. And given that my uh, first car um, was a Fiat Cinquecento, I was kind of in my element, really. Um, (laughs) So that kind of... I suppose, set the path for me that property was really where I wanted to be. And, and what I loved Just because of the Jaguar. It, uh, yeah, just because of the Jag. Yeah, I yeah. love the Jag. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, what I loved about property was it's, was the opportunity it created, I suppose, both commercially, but also I think the big thing that you'll hear through my story is um, its ability to make a difference and impact people's lives people is at the heart of what I enjoy. It's my passion and I see property as being for, for people really. Okay. Very, very good. Well, I, I will, we'll come on to that then, so that people and people and property bit. Um, but tell us then a bit, uh, a bit more then about sort of the very earliest days of your career. Yeah. So I um, went to Reading and studied land management and then Applied for all the big corporate firms. And to be honest, I wasn't sure that the corporate, big corporates were really the place for me, but um, I applied for them anyway. Um, But I also came across a very small firm called NAI Philip And I remember as soon as I walked in, the feeling of warmth and what a great vibe I got from them. And I did my interview and I was thrilled I got my first job. And it was kind of like a very close-knit family with a very work-hard, play-hard culture. Um, But I suppose looking back on this early part of my career, it kind of set me up for resilience and and managing significant change, which um, I'll talk about a bit more in a little bit more detail shortly. 
But my first day at Fuller Pisa, I remember going in and you kind of set up to go and start your APC and you do your first rotation. And I was sitting there praying it wasn't business rates. As much as I loved the time that I spent with my dad, I did not want to do business rates um, in any of my rotations, actually. Um, But lo and behold, my first rotation was business rates and my heart sank. Um, But actually, I had a fabulous time. I had two excellent mentors and a fellow grad, which was Stuart Mitchell. And, you know, we had a ball and it was really good grounding for me. And then from there, I went on to Lease Advisory, which was over in the city. Again, I kind of stepped off the train into the city and thought, oh, I'm not sure this place is for me. It was very corporate, um, but a really welcoming small office. And I spent a lot of time um, in the Lease Advisory team during the day. And I got on really well with the um, investment teams. I spent a lot of my evenings with them. I had a love of poker um, when I was at uni. And um, lo and behold, the investment team also did. So anyway, at that time, also, I bought my first house, which was in 2008. And I think within eight weeks, the housing market crashed. And not only that, we had now merged with Atis Real, um, which at the time wasn't a big thing for me, actually. It kind of was pretty seamless. But they then put all the graduates um, through a redundancy process. And I have to say... Those two things combined kind of shocked and floored me, both in my personal and professional life. And I was at the start of my career and I was in negative equity on my house and I was facing the prospect of not having a job. Um, So I suppose I stepped back a little bit and thought, right, what am I going to do? And I do what I do best, which is came up with a plan. So I set my sights on trying to do the best I could do in securing a job at um, at Israel, but I also started looking for something else as well. And I spotted a job at the John Lewis Partnership. And I'd actually worked for them um, as a Saturday girl on the coffee shop in South Harrow. And I loved working there. I have still some of my best, closest friends from the time I worked there. So I knew the culture. I knew the ethos. I knew what they were about. And I thought, you know what, going to client side um, could be really interesting for me. At this time, also, I was doing my APC. So I was going through interview process at um, Attis. I was going for an interview process at um, John Lewis. And I was studying for my APC as well. Um, And I was pleased to say that actually all three things came off. Um, I got offered a job at Attis. I got offered a job at John Lewis. And I passed my APC. Um, I had a decision to make at that time about was I going to stay at Attis or was I going to jump ship and head over to John Lewis Um, and I kind of thought at John Lewis there was a real opportunity to explore the broader business context which was really appealing and also understand the role of property in that environment and I thought actually it was going to open a lot more doors beyond um just pure property and so it was for those reasons that I decided to jump from Attis which was now actually BMP we had merged um, over to there and I decided to go over to John Lewis. I think the things that probably served me well at that time um, was definitely building resilience 
I definitely built a lot of strong relationships in that early part of my career. And I think all of those experiences, both in terms of the housing market crashing, going through redundancy, trying to find a new job, enabled me to navigate change, but with a positive mindset. Um, And I suppose I've always tried to look for the opportunity, regardless of the situation. Out of interest, you talked about there about resilience. Now, you're a millennial, um, mm-hmm. and sort of resilience is is not often sort of attributed to sort of um, millennials in their in their sort of very early sort of twenties, sort of snowflake sort of generation. But this was for anyone who wasn't working around sort of two thousand seven, two thousand eight in in real estate. This this was pretty macabre sort of time, wasn't it, for, to be a graduate? Mm. They were they were they were easy pickings for any cost cutting exercise. Yeah, and I was in recruitment at this, this time, but also had it, it wasn't it wasn't um, that long after I'd graduated. So I also had sort of friends in uh, at, a, at a similar sort of time, and you know it sounded horrendous. So you sort of you've glossed over, over that by in terms of by saying you know all all three things sort of came, came off, but. Going back to that sort of that note about sort of resilience, what do you think you learned the most from that from that period? For me, it was definitely working out what were the things I could control and what were the things I couldn't, and trying to forget about the things that I couldn't and focusing on the things that I could, which was doing the best I could possibly do in securing a job at Attis, but keeping my options open and looking for the broader opportunities as well um and i think think curiosity was it collegiate at this time when you knew there was a number of opportunities were were you and your fellow graduate pool pulling together or was or or was there (laughs) was there competition i think undoubtedly there was competition because you're all pitching for the post in the small number of jobs that are available in Attis, but at the same time, we're also all going through the APC together, mm-hmm. um, which you kind of form a, a bond and support for each other through that time anyway. So I'd say it was a bit of both, but I mean, it was a very, very challenging time, particularly when you're at the start of your career. But yeah, was my first interaction with the need to really build resilience which I have to say has stand you know has given me the skills that I need to get through the preceding years which I'm glad I'm glad is the case otherwise we'd have a very dull podcast wouldn't we if it, oh, if we it all went swimming <laughs> um um so going sort of putting that then to one side moving into John Lewis I, I, I can't get away without without asking the question was it a culture shock, given that there's the, the someone who was paying poker with the investment agents? Um, yeah, my first day was very surreal. I remember walking in and thinking, wow, this is completely different to what I am used to. And it was, even though I'd worked for them before, you know, as a Saturday girl, it wasn't really... <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so many coffees, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Coffees and bacon sandwiches. Um, <laughs> okay, multitasking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was different. It was completely different. But I, I think I quickly realised the importance of the corporate values, ethics and integrity that John, the John Lewis partnership stood for. 
and notwithstanding it being completely different, actually, my boss at the time, um, I mean, he was great, but he was a very hard taskmaster. So it wasn't like it was um, uh, an airy fairy department that I was walking into or anything like that. It was very um, focused. But I, I suppose as soon as I got there, I set about trying to get to know the people in the business and the business itself and trying to work out where was it I was going to be able to add value. And wherever there was an opportunity for growth or development, I took it, basically. And one of the things, as I'll keep on mentioning, that I was and I am really passionate is about people and trying to make things better and find solutions. And the John Lewis Partnership is run as a democratic business. And that means that all the employees are effectively um, partners and shareholders and that enables them to effectively hold the board and the chair to account via what is described as a democratic council. So each area of the business has a local representative known as a councillor. And their role is to inform both partners and gather opinion from partners about decisions the the board and the exec are taking and then to challenge that board and um, exec on the decisions they're making and feedback what their constituents are basically saying. So I put myself forward for that role and got elected for it. And I did that alongside my day job. And that gave me a great insight into the business, um, how to influence at all levels. And I really, really enjoyed that. That kind of gave me a, it opened my eyes to business on another level, which is why I kind of shifted on to client side. At the same time as that, I was starting to be given the opportunity to be, like lead some of the biggest and most difficult projects, really. We had a lot of planning consents where the business thought they were un, unattainable, basically, and I took it upon myself to make sure that I got those planning consents. And I then started to raise and secure capital and got some of the largest investments from landlords to enable us to refurbish our estate so that's the um the pathway that I started to take when I when I went to JL. Out of curiosity how big was the team? Oh sub 10 I'd say at that time it was quite small. Presumably you were the youngest? Yeah. <laughs> what was the gender mix? I think there was probably there was three females. Okay three to seven. Mm-hmm. Why did you take on the biggest tasks? I think I, I was just always looking for the next big thing, really. If there was an opportunity there, I would take it. And as soon as I saw it, I would talk to um, either my boss or my boss's boss and find out how I could get involved and set about a plan of trying to deliver what they wanted. I am... Um... Uh, in a bit of a bit of research, I, I spoke to one of your bosses at, at this time, and I asked them what what they remember as one of being your most prominent traits. Mm-hmm. And it sounds it sounds like they were thinking about a similar sort of period of time when they when they mentioned this, and, and they said sort of Catherine has a a curiosity unlike anyone else's, and it, and it means that she dives in and doesn't come up until she has a sound grasp of not just the fundamentals, but a mastery of each one of those elements. Now, aside from that, you know, that's, a ni- that's a nice thing to hear, isn't it? Mm. That, you know, that does then speak for, them, for someone who's, yes, curious, but curious could be 
something that, that's quite sort of basic, can't it? Um, yeah. This is about someone then who's got a real thirst and drive for, for self-improvement. Yeah. What, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that, you would, that you've had to teach yourself or, or you've had to go away and research at, at this sort of stage in this sort of this first sort of quarter of your period at, at John Lewis? I think what you've described there is what I would I am very all or nothing. I am 150% into something. And when I'm 150% into something, I will give it my all and I will make damn sure that I deliver on what I, I say it is I'll deliver on. And I think at that time, you know, the period we've just talked about, it was about making sure that I surfaced on one side how people were feeling in the business. Um, and on the other side, it was people telling me that I wasn't going to get a planning consent on a scheme and me working out whichever way I could, um, be that in public consultations or people within the business, how I was going to influence them um, to get what we needed. And I suppose I learned a lot about, at that time, the biggest traits that came out and skills was the ability to influence, I think, and how to understand what it was that was driving people. Why were they thinking in the way they were thinking? What was it they wanted? Um, and how could I help them achieve what, what it was they wanted to get so to ensure that I could achieve what it was I wanted to as well. So this brings up then some, uh, something else that someone else said about you. And again, it's the same question about sort of what they thought was sort of your unique sort of traits. They said something a bit different. And they said, Catherine's uniqueness is, is that she is as interested in people as she is in property. What do you think they mean by that? I think it goes back to what my passion is about and that is it's all about people and ultimately as I said at the beginning property is for people so I see the two as the same thing really. It's funny though isn't it how you how easy it is to forget about that? Yeah. Well I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this point but you would I, I interrupted you were telling a very, very good story about sort of um, achieving some pretty big milestones then at a very very young age at John Lewis around planning applications and uh, and raising capital. Yeah. What did that mean actually for your career capital? I think at that point then I was starting to demonstrate um, that I had a really good track record and, and getting some successes under my belt. I was starting to demonstrate where my skills and strengths lie. And so, yeah, I think I was starting to be recognised as someone who could deliver. I think, though, for me personally at this time, I was starting to feel a little bit stuck. I had got all these things under my belt, but what I was starting to recognise is that being client-side the ability to progress onto the next role was actually really challenging, particularly when you're in a very small and bespoke team. So I, at this time, was starting to think I need I need my next big thing and I don't know where that is. Um, I'm not going to get it from my existing role. I wasn't necessarily ready to leave the partnership, but I, I think I was open at that time to, to think about it in order to progress. But I am... Um, in order to satisfy this kind of next drive, I started looking for an additional role and I started to look for 
a trustee and a non-exec role. And I found something. I found something that I was hugely passionate about. It aligned with everything that I held dear in terms of my principles around um, making a meaningful impact on a local community. And I went for it. However, I would say that this period of my career was probably one of the most stressful, but equally the most transformational. And I I won't go into the kind of details of it, but there were some huge things that I took away from this period, which was the ability to recognise unethical behaviour and practice. I had to face into making some of the most toughest decisions I have ever faced that would impact me personally and the people around me. And I had to call on all of those networks, um, those relationships. I had to ask for advice. I had to ask for support, which at times was actually really difficult because I'm quite a proud person. And yeah, I needed I needed to fall back on my support network at that time. But I took some really good skills that I'd learned from earlier on in my career about how to influence. And I had to influence in this role significantly across all levels of authority. And I had to make an impact. Um, So all the skills that I just talked about and experiences that I talked about earlier in my career really came to the fore um, in this period. And the other thing that I would say, which I hadn't really Um, leaned on before until I was here that served me incredibly well was learning to trust my instinct and to face into some of the most unthinkable situations face into it with clarity and come out with a plan yeah it was a very very challenging time but at the end of all of it I also had some personal joy thrown in which was I was pregnant with my first child So I'm now on maternity leave and at the same time I'm starting to have itchy feet again and I'm thinking about what is next and there is an opportunity that comes up and I'm invited to apply for um, the newly created head of John Lewis property and I'm thinking I could quite easily not go for this and let it pass me by it's not the right time I've just had my first child I should be focusing on that but me being me there was no way I was going to let that opportunity pass me by and I was hugely excited by the prospect so I put my best foot forward and I went through some of the most grilling psychometric testing I've ever been through And I drew on some of my previous experience that I've just talked about. Um, And whilst it wasn't the glossy success story I would have liked to have been, it was probably the best real life MBA I was ever going to experience. And I took advantage of that and um, used it to my benefit. So I went through that and I was hugely ecstatic. And if I'm being completely honest, I was slightly surprised that I got offered the job. My boss obviously saw something in me and he was willing to take a risk on what is now a 30-year-old. I asked you before about when you joined the team, which was probably six years ago, I'm guessing, six or seven years ago at this point. Um, Back then, you would have certainly been the youngest. Are you still the youngest in the team now? 
Uh, I believe I am. Yeah, I mean, not far off if I'm not. I definitely am the youngest person in the team, yeah. Was that a barrier to applying? It wasn't a barrier to applying, necessarily. Um, well, to many it would be. I mean, it's, uh, I, I made out like that was a, um, an object- it's a subjective question, isn't it? To many, it, it, um, you're the youngest or most junior member of a team. Would you apply to be the most senior? No, would be the answer for most. <laughs> Didn't apply to you, did it? Um, uh, yeah. And I'm curious why. Um, did, it, did it occur to you? It didn't occur to me when I applied. I think it definitely came to fore when I was actually in the role and I was thinking, right, I'm the youngest person here. Did you think it or did you, do you think you picked up and other people thought it? Um, probably a bit both, really. Right. Yeah, definitely a bit both. And what I quickly came to realise was, look, I cannot and I don't even want to compete with the people in the team on experience because I, I can't and there's no point in me. We had some of the best people dealing with development, acquisitions, property and asset management. There was, you know, I needed to work out what it was it that I brought to the table. And so I kind of set about creating my own path ultimately. And that was, it was quite difficult. I was the youngest person in the team I was. I don't like to lean on this too f- frequently, if at all. But I, it's a very male-dominated industry, as we know. I'm female. I'm the youngest. I, what I found quite difficult was not necessarily being a female. It was more the rooted history and contacts that everyone had, and how could I crack into that? That was the bit that I found actually the most challenging. Whatever deal I was doing my boss or somebody else more experienced which was usually my boss would come in and have to navigate it also which I found really frustrating so I started to look for ways in which I could create my own path and what was I going to be known for in the market and that's where I started to look for innovation and new ideas so at the time in John Lewis we had a huge amount of excess space and we needed to do something with it and co-working was on the rise so I started to investigate and explore setting up a co-working business which enabled me to create my own pathway my own my own um, network and enable me to add value back into the business and to the team. Which I find isn't a a thoroughly interesting sort of perspective, isn't it? Because John John Lewis, the brand, the heritage, I imagine probably, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, sort of probably permeated how they had handled retail management as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, you know, there's a, there's a solid status quo there. Um, there's, a, there's a plan of old. Catherine, just stay the course, I would have thought. And, it, and to many people, that would have been, that would have been a breeze. Mm. Um, and I asked, I asked a couple of people who were around you at, at this sort of time. It, it was a really obvious sort of milestone then, and, and sort of for both in terms of sort of your age and also the the rep. And I asked about sort of how you handled it, and they said the same things you know, very, very quickly. Sort of Catherine recognised the strengths of the teams, but also her own strength and what she brought to the party, and she really leaned into this in order to make the greatest difference. And I and I find that I find that really interesting because I'm I'm certain, probably my, myself included that 
I would probably go, I would have tried to have been do something else. I would have tried to assume, well, I'm the leader of this team, so I've got to be all things to sort of John Lewis. I've got to get better at in order to try and get as good as or and better than my my colleagues then because I was in that team. Whereas that you that by the sense that you you said really clearly and that you didn't you weren't interested in competing with them. They're good at that. I've I've got to then sort of hone in on what I'm what I'm good at. Yeah. Uh, that's maybe more of a reflection on me, as I'm sorry, rather than yourself monologuing. Um, uh, <laughs> um, let's go back to this, the, the co-working. How successful was this? Um, I got quite far. I got together a business plan, a business model. Um, I got traction internally. But what we'll go on to shortly is probably the next chapter took hold, which had to pause this piece of work ultimately. But I do revisit it again. But yeah, it was, it was a really, it gave me a thirst for actually setting up a business, doing the co-working piece. But going back to your point a minute ago about what was it that, you know, I took a different approach to not competing with my, um, the people that I was now leading in. I think finding what I was good at and not trying to compete with them was really important for me. So I recognised that what I was good at was spotting opportunities, be that in the market, be that opportunities in people or teams. And I had a real love of strategy and putting the jigsaw pieces together. And that was my skill. And that's where I thought I added value to this team and the business. Now this this is something I am you know, very familiar with hearing um, or sort of spotting in, in the people I get to interview, and this this is about, and I've, I have I'm yet to nail as to whether you see opportunities or whether you just evaluate opportunities differently, because the going back to that sort of analogy there, sort of, yeah, John Lewis is this very successful oil tanker of a business, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The choice to try and deviate that course, I suspect, would take a huge amount of effort. And if it doesn't go right, a catastrophic amount of sort of egg on your face, <laughs> when the easier course would be just to keep your hands at 10 and 2. And I come back to the point about sort of Catherine and other people who, who I've interviewed, is that you see opportunities and that to other people would seem like they are crazy they are far too high a risk. Why meddle? But there's a reason you, you, know, you, sort of, you are then successful is because you do take these sort of big, big risks. And, and we, you know, we're leading up to it, right? And we know this sort of pays off because we know your job title sort of today. So um, tell, us, tell us a bit more about sort of how, so what you, you gave us a tease, didn't you? Sort of co-working might, uh, had a seed of something, right? But what, yeah. what was it then that eventually sort of took hold? Yeah, so I've been leading the John Nurse property team for about a year and a half now. And there was talk on the horizon of merging the John Lewis and Waitrose property teams together and restructuring the leadership team of which I was part of. And so that took hold. And at that time, I was asked to head up not just real estate, but take on commercial energy risk and sustainability and this was I suppose pushing me way beyond my comfort zone I didn't know anything about the other areas but I um, 
grasped it with both hands and I had to learn completely new professions, completely new languages and a completely new stakeholder set. My team grew to around about 60 people and I had to not just lead these teams, but lead them through a significant merger and restructure as well. So it was a big, it was another big pivotal turning point in my career, I think. And holding true, I suppose, to my overall passion, which is about people and and making a meaningful impact. I knew at this time that not every single person in my team was going to remain in the partnership. But I made it my priority this time to make sure that every single person in my team had the opportunity. I didn't force anyone, but they had the opportunity to be equipped with the tools to enable them to be successful, building resilience and navigating what would ultimately be one of the most stressful periods of their time at John Lewis. I mean, at this time, John Lewis had never done any big restructuring at all you know you were brought into the partnership and you were kind of thought to be there for life really so the thought of being made redundant was actually unheard of um, and I was being tasked with leading these people through it so I did that by putting health and well-being at the forefront of my leadership um, and that took hold in various guises and I made sure that that theme permeated every interaction that I had with my team. So what next? So I built that team and I was hugely proud of uh, what I'd done and, and how I'd managed everyone through that process. I was then at a point where I was um, going on maternity leave and a big challenge for me was letting go of the team that I had built but um I I had to move on. And then in typical style, I'm on mat leave and I'm thinking seriously about what am I going to do next? I've got twitchy feet again. And I start thinking about, oh, maybe I'll be a a yoga teacher. Um, And then I get um, a dose of realism when the baby arrives. But I, I start to think, you know, what's the next big thing? I've got a new boss um, who's Chris Harris. Um, He's arrived in one of the biggest things that we have been tasked with is how to drive more value out of the estate. And before I'd gone on maternity leave, we kicked around my um, serviced office idea again. And we concluded that actually, whilst it was an excellent idea, of course, um, it wasn't big enough. And so Chris, before I'd gone on maternity leave, had put on the table the idea of build to rent. And it was really aligned to everything JLP was known for, service, loyalty, community. I was thinking, surely there's got to be something we can do in this space. And we we looked at the operational side of it. And, you know, we could be the operator of these things. You know, it, it leans in really well to our partner ethos, etc. But we quickly did the commercials. And again, that didn't really tally up to anything big enough. So... While I was on maternity leave, I was I was still thinking about built to rent. I was thinking there's got to be something in that. I didn't know a huge amount about the sector, but I thought there were so many synergies with John Lewis that there had to be something. Um, so before I came back, I spoke to Chris and said, um, no, I'm coming back. I don't necessarily want to continue what I've been doing for the last um, seven years or so. 
I will continue doing it, but I want to start also focusing on on something else. And I think that something else is built to rent to which he agreed. So I'm back in the office and within six weeks we go into lockdown. And again, faced with some of the most difficult decisions we have ever faced um, in the John Lewis partnership history, we have to shut shops and then we have to make even bigger decisions, which is to not reopen some of them again. And like everyone else in COVID, um, had to support a team in transitioning the way we worked, um, had to look after my young family and had to stay staying all at the same time. But while all, all of that was happening, I was also starting to work on the potential of what the JLP BTR business could look like with Chris. And we had some excellent and still do have some excellent advisors sitting alongside us. And to be honest, I was doing this on the side of my day job and everything else, but it started to get to the point where it was getting really exciting and we were getting a lot of traction internally. We were starting to um, shape what our new partnership strategy was going to look like. We had a new chairman, we had a new exec, um, and they had all got really behind this idea. And I had realised personally that I had solidified in my own mind that I'd done as much as I could do on the real estate side and I was ready to move on. And we had devised what was now a really good, sound, holistic business model for Build to Rent. We were going to develop, we were going to operate and we were going to be a long term investor. And so I set my sights on moving over to Build to Rent full time and leading it into the next phase which is where we are now. And it is hugely exciting. I've been doing this and been on it full time for a year now. It is an industry that I knew nothing about, but it's drawing on all the things I'm hugely passionate about from creating a team, creating a business and everything that that entails. And the big thing for me is giving We've been given license to take a completely different approach, not just to the build to rent market, but to how we operate as a separate entity to John Lewis. I mean, you described John Lewis as a super tanker earlier, which it very much is. And I view myself as in the BTR speedboat sitting alongside it, trying to draw all those wonderful things that come from the partnership, but also trying to innovate and create a different way for build to rent under the John Nurse banner. And ultimately, this whole business is enabling me to fulfil my passion again, which is making a meaningful difference, um, but through housing. So I'm sure one of your sort of uh, traits now, Scanty, about security, and I am curious as to whether that that person who just um, who's been described as highly curious and the uh, sort of the... Um, the promoter of the people over the over the property do they still ring true today or has that changed i'm definitely still curious for sure if not even more curious i think this whole setting up this business has opened my eyes to other areas that i hadn't even engaged in before so things from branding technology customer experience and service Um, and I could dive into each one of those and get completely immersed but my challenge is to keep everything in my view at a certain level and make sure that all the wheels continue to spin as we seek to achieve our ultimate goal which is to get our first 
three seed sites which are now um, out for public consultation for planning, um, into planning, planning secured, and we start to see our vision come to fruition. Really good. One last question then before before we wrap up. For someone who's been such a high achiever, you know, at, at much earlier sort of milestones than many other uh, people, you know, people have been naturally listening to this and thinking, right, well, you know, what's Catherine got next? What's the next, what would you say is the, the, the next big challenge for you? I think the next big challenge is right in front of me and getting my, there's so much to do on moving this business forward and my sleeves are ultimately rolled up to get that all done. But looking beyond that to the immediate or the medium term, I will just seek to continue what my passion is, which is ultimately making a difference and um, seeking to ensure that, you know, property is at the heart of that. What that entails, I don't know, but I always get my twitchy feet at some point and I'll be looking for the next big thing and making sure that it's aligned to that and enables my kind of what I describe as my growth mindset and ability to push me forward um, will be what drives that. There isn't there isn't necessarily a clear pathway set out. It will just be as the opportunities unveil themselves. Brilliant. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for sort of sharing the story with us. I have thoroughly enjoyed sort of, uh, listening to this, so I'm certain everyone else who, um, who tunes in will do this as well. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you.